This is the Leadership Forum. Consider if everybody did what you are doing, would the world be a better place? That's a principle for just checking whether what you are doing is correct. Welcome to the Leadership Forum, where we explore principles, practices, and perspectives of effective leadership. So where do we start from on this beautiful topic, supportive leadership? Mm. To me, it sounds it's more of leader. Please listen. <laughs> something you need to do. <laughs> yes, yes it, it, uh, and it builds from where, where we came from, where we were talking about servant leadership. Yes. And today we are talking about supportive leader, leadership, uh, the supportive leader. Now, there are many different leadership styles that... Uh, various ones adopt uh, in in guiding their team members, and this is this is one of them. Uh, it's called supportive leadership. Supportive leadership is a leadership style in which the leader helps group members uh, to feel comfortable about their environment, about themselves, about their coworkers. Uh, generally to uh, settle down and, as it were, enjoy their experience uh, in whichever space they find themselves. So supportive, the supportive leader wants to make sure that all the, their team, or his or her team members are really experiencing a good, uh, having a good work experience. Uh, in whichever place. So, first of all, is being comfortable in themselves. Yes. There are people who come into the uh, workspace very uncertain about themselves, especially when they are getting into either a new team or a new workplace, a new department, uh, or completely a new organization. People come in not sure whether they are going to make it, whether they have what it takes, and so on and so forth. So the supportive leader, appreciating that this person may be in that space of uncertainty, not being sure whether they have what it takes to deliver, uh, tries to help this person to first believe in themselves. Obviously, that means that you sit with the individual, get to know who they are, uh, get to understand what what they believe in, what they are strong in, and so on and so forth. So it, it's that understanding the person. And once you have understood who this person is, then now you can pick what you have heard about them and link it with the role they are going to uh, coming to play in the organization. And help them to appreciate, wow, I, I think you have great skills that will really be useful for us in accomplishing this task. Yeah. This is how I see you fitting in. These are certain areas that you may want to focus on and so on and so forth. So this big person begins to feel, wow, then looks like I might have a contribution here to make yes. and I have some things that I can, I can utilize. So the supportive leader um, tries, therefore, to help this person feel first and foremost comfortable in themselves. Yes. Because it is when a person is comfortable and confident, and comfortable here doesn't mean uh, nice seats and so on, but comfortable that I have what it takes 
uh, to do what needs to be done. So you you help this person to be comfortable, to be confident in their capacity to do what needs to be done. That may also involve explaining to them the work yes. that, that needs to be done. As leaders, many times, especially if you have been in an organization for a very long time and uh, you're bringing in a new person, there are things that look very obvious because you have you have done this for years, you know. Uh, everybody understands uh, what needs to be done. And so you, you bring in this new person and show them what needs to be done and let them on. The assumption is that they will appreciate the things that we are doing here. Every organization has its own culture. And the new person needs to learn that culture. You find that there is a language that we develop, for example, within an organization or even a department within the same organization. So yes. when you move from one department to another, you need to learn that language. Uh, Acronyms that people use everywhere, you know, CAR, and <laughs> uh, and and you hear people talking about, and you're wondering what is this CAR? You know, yes. <laughs> you, all kinds of things. Yes. So you need to be introduced to this thing so that you get to understand when we say CAR, this is what we mean. You know, when we say ICS, that's what we mean. You know, COB. Uh, COB. <laughs> I want the report COB. COB. What is this? And, yeah. and because you have used this so many times and everybody knows it, you assume that the person who has come in will also understand. And they are so lost. They don't know what it is. So posing in moments to say, by the way, when we say COB, we simply mean close of business. Ah, okay. Then <laughs> a person, sometimes you look foolish because you, ah, why didn't I know that? But it helps you to begin to understand the language of the department, the language of the organization. Yes. And it gives you, makes you comfortable now to begin to fit in and do your work. So, supportive leaders are, are leaders therefore make you comfortable in yourself, but also make you comfortable with your co-workers. When you enter into a new space, you have new people, especially if you are coming from outside, you do not know many people. You may not even know anybody. Now you are going to be part of this team. It is important that you are told who this is, what their role is, and how you are likely to be working with them. Uh, who this is and what their role is and how you are interacting with them and what how they can help you. If you need this, this is the person to see. You know, yes. those kinds of things. Okay. It may sound simple, but it really helps you. If, you. if you are in need of finances for this and this, this is the person to see. Uh, if you need to go out and this, this is the person to talk to. So that introduction, it sounds like an induction, but initially that induction and introduction uh, to the team is so very important that you may be comfortable to work in that environment. But thirdly, it is making you comfortable in the situation. That 
you come into a space and things are explained to you. It is not assumed because you are coming from the same profession that you will just come and plug in. Because every organization, every department is different. So somebody needs to tell you, this is for here, this is here, this is where we do this, this is where we do this, this machine is for that, this computer is for the other, and you know, uh, that you become familiar with your environment, familiar with your situation. So that initially is the beginning point of supportive leadership. leadership. Question. Yes. Uh, On the first point that you have said, uh, a leader is supposed to help this new member be comfortable in themselves. Mm -hmm. And on the sessions we've had before, uh, as we were talking about servant leadership, we were able to pick... uh, we have either leaders or followers based on the past experiences they've had. It's a bit hard for them to fit in. So a situation where a member, a follower, this new follower comes in, maybe they've had bad experiences where they've come from and, you, and you're and you here genuinely wanting to help them. But they are looking at you with one eye. Are you really sure or you want to to do the same way the previous workplace? The, the, you're pretending you know, that's the word I was looking for. You're pretending to be nice to me to help me settle in, but I know after a while, we'll yeah, just be yeah, the same way. Really. We'll come out. <laughs> how, how should a leader handle that? Uh, that? That is a normal thing. Because, like I said, when you get into a new space, you come apprehensive, uh, both in yourself in terms of, can I deliver? Um, I did very well in the interview. But now, in reality... Will I be able to deliver? So those are uncertainties just within yourself. And that's why we are saying you need to be helped to overcome some of those uncertainties and questions. But also, uh, sometimes you you have heard stories about this place where you are going. And I, I know it has happened to me several times. Yes. You know, you're going to this. This is what happens here. What is what is happening here? This is the challenge you're going to meet. This, these people are terrible, you know. So you, you hear those things and you become apprehensive as to uh, whether you will survive in that environment and the things that you have heard. So all those things add to the discomfort that a lead uh, a member a new member may may be experiencing yes that's why the leader needs to make them comfortable you cannot wipe away 100% their uncertainties their questions uh their discomforts but just sitting down with this person will at least begin to bring down some things yeah we talked about what you are asking has to do with two things that we have talked about before. One is authenticity mm. and the second one is credibility. Yes. So authenticity and credibility are not things you can get in one sitting. No. So this person uh, who has come in may have their question, especially if they have heard certain things yes. about either you as the leader or the organization or the department that they are going to. So you cannot wipe out that. So that doubt that I was told this person is very tough, but they're talking to me so 
nicely. so nicely. <laughs> what what are they up to? You <laughs> the know? deal is too good. The, the deal is too good to be true. <laughs> yes. So that you cannot. There's almost nothing you can do about it. But with the time, that's where your authenticity and your credibility will be proved as a leader. And so you should not. Uh, what I can say for you as a leader, what you can you should do is. Don't give false impressions. Don't give false promises. Say things as they are. Yes. So that people know what they are up to. Um, I, I teach a leadership class in, uh, in, in, in our university, Park University PhD class. And during orientation, um, one of the sessions I'm given is to just let them know what they are going to be going through. And we make it very clear, this PhD class is not a walk in the park. So if you are just coming, you're thinking, I'll just fly through it and you go, uh, you need to adjust. You need to adjust your social life because the time demands are going to be very heavy on you. You need to adjust your whole schedule because most of the people who join the program are working. They, so they are working somewhere. You still have your full day job, but then you have to add on this one. Yes. And the, it is just us demanding. So we paint the reality of the program. And we even go ahead as I'm actually saying that if you feel that this is not something that you cannot you can do uh, in your current circumstances, then you need to just consider carefully because it is going to be heavy on you. And uh, paint the correct picture. So when we start, we are there to support them and we tell them we are here to support you. We will help you as much as we can, but this is the reality. So that is the authenticity part of it. So don't paint, oh, here we are good. Mm. You know, it, it may have had things there, <laughs> but no, no, we, we, things are, no, no. Give the correct picture. Yes. There are these kind of circumstances you may face. Uh, there are these difficulties you may uh, experience. Uh, when I was bishop in Sitam, uh, one of the things I used to do with our senior managers, our senior leaders, whether they are senior pastors or senior administrators or people who are holding uh, critical positions in the in the uh, in the church. Yes, I used to have a scene with them, which we used to call the kitchen. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure you you might have heard about. <laughs> I've heard of the kitchen. <laughs> you have heard of the kitchen. Yes, <laughs> yes. So uh, I, I would sit with the with the new. Uh, person, whether it's a senior pastor or uh, or uh, or a senior manager, finance manager, HR, whatever, and just take them to the kitchen. What was the kitchen about? The kitchen, especially for church, is is a very important session because there are many people who are coming out from out there, and they are now coming to work in church. Their assumption is they are coming into heaven. Mm. You know, mm. so even at interview, you ask a person, why do you want to come and work with church? See, I've, I've experienced so many things out there. I just want to be in a place where it's a God environment. To serve him. And we, <laughs> so we just smile because, <laughs> 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 because that's a very wrong impression. Yeah. 
church on Sunday is totally different from the church as an organization. The church as an organization is an organization like any other. Why? Because there are human beings in there. They rub each other the wrong way. They say the wrong thing. They do the wrong thing, you know. And some people, because they have come with that perspective, I'm going to work in church, they assume that everything is going to be new. We are just praying. We are just go. Uh, it is. It is just my brother, my sister, you know. Then they come and they get very shocked. Yeah. So that's why we take them through the kitchen mm. uh, talk, so that we moderate their expectations. Yes. We give them the true picture and reality of some of the things that they could encounter. And many have appreciated that those kitchen talks that I used to have with our leaders. Okay. It's part of a supportive leadership. Be truthful be to truthful. this number. Okay. Be truthful. Be realistic. Mm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sour. That's clear. So the 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 next thing is um if we now go into a little more detail the supportive leader is concerned also not just in the induction of the member into the environment they are coming into the people they are going to meet but the next thing is that you treat your members with dignity and respect when people are treated with dignity and respect they tend to work much better. They give their very best, even in very difficult circumstances. So treating people with dignity and respect, whoever they are, from the lowest to the highest, uh, you give them the, not the impression, but you, you give them the feeling, yes, that I am appreciated. Yeah that I am respected uh, by my leader. So a supportive leader wants to treat people with dignity and with respect, whoever they are uh, in, the, in the hierarchy of, of your team. Of your team. You, need, you need to treat each person in the sense that, in a way that leaves them feeling, I am appreciated. I am respected. Uh, when people feel despised, when people feel undervalued, they can't give you their best. No. 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 They can't give you their best. And that's what you want uh, as, as a supportive leader, to, to make sure that people are respected and treated with the dignity and respect that they deserve. Uh, I, I think I have already talked about the third one, about integration. Yes. How you integrate members into an existing team. That is so important. So you don't uh, assume that they will just come in and pick the ball and run, like they yes. say, hit the ground running. Yes. Sometimes they are not able to run because they are uncertain, they are unsure uh, which direction to run. You know, 
so show them where they need to run and many people will do very well so let me not spend too much time on that but together with dignity and respect is acceptance as number four yes okay acceptance and positive regard sometimes people are are not sure that you will accept them the way they are all of us come with strengths and weaknesses ways of doing things and and uh, we come again apprehensive within the team and i've talked more i've given the impression by the way that this is just at the entry point this this is a journey all through your leadership experience and through the the members experience in the mm -hmm. team yes. so it is not something that you only do at the beginning and then you stop oh it's not a, <laughs> it's not an induction it is not kind an induction process. no this oh, is not okay. an induction kind of process yes it is throughout your leadership experience that's why we call it supportive leadership yes you will even begin to discover things practices habits characteristics personalities of your team members each of them as you go along as things that you didn't know uh, this person is capable of doing but they they have done capable in a negative sense you know yeah i hear you <laughs> so you you thought this person is so good yeah. and then you find they have done something that is not so good acceptance has to do with how do you handle that situation that new knowledge you have about this person uh they are not the angel that you thought they were yes and now that you are seeing certain like you say true colors that are beginning to show and some of them are not very positive acceptance means how do I continue to work with this person? How do I help them in uh, their personality to continue to work together within the team? So I appreciate that you have this personality that may be not very, very good and is affecting your relationship with other people uh, it's affecting how you do work, but overall, you are a great worker. You're a great team member. Mm -hmm. Acceptance has to do with appreciating that this is how you do your work, and it is maybe slightly different from how everybody does That's their work. It. it may even be slightly different from how we expect you to do your work. Provided it is delivering and uh, we are achieving what we intend to achieve, I can say that's not how we do it, but it's okay. Ah, you know, yes, you, you, flexibility. Yes, there's of. a flexibility. So I give you room because I realize that that way of working for you uh, helps you produce better results than if you were to do it the way that is prescribed how we normally do it but for you i will say okay you, you you do it that way it is not the way that we normally do it but it is producing results 
So that that is part of acceptance. That is part of the flexibility that you have, and and it becomes a very individual, personalized thing. Unless uh, it is against policy, of course, we will not break policy. But there are different ways. Like they say, there are many ways of skinning a cat, or is it killing a cat? <laughs> Some are more difficult than others. So you you'd see, ultimately, is is what we want to achieve that matters. How we particularly do it may not be the key thing. Because some of us as leaders, we are so obsessed with the rule and the policy and the procedure and the process that we lose on the ultimate objective, which is the outcome, the result, the impact. Yes. So it is who told you to do it that way we don't do things like that here uh, and so on and so forth that kind of language first of all it kills creativity it kills innovation but it can be very discouraging to people who are not used or accustomed to doing things in the way that is you are prescribed yes. uh they are uh, let me use a very crude example you know there are parents that uh, i have heard of they they, they give birth to a child and then they realize the child is left-handed. And I have had, I hope you're not one such parent, I have had <laughs> parents who force their children to use the right hand. Oh, no. They even beat them no. up, you know. They can't use their left hand because the normal is the right hand. So they struggle with these children. You have to use your right hand until they learn how to use their right. But you can see their natural inclination is the left. Okay? Yeah. So what is so wrong with allowing your child to be left-handed? And they have beautiful handwritings, by the way. Yes. Yeah. In fact, we found many left-handed. Obama was left-handed. Our former president, Kenyatta, left-handed. And they have done great things in life. But their parents who are like, no, my child can be left-handed. So I'm <laughs> going to force them to. That's sad. That's not acceptance. Yeah. So acceptance is uh, no more. You should use your right hand. But if you're left-handed, it okay. works for you. It's okay. So long as the output the is output there. The output is Okay. Yeah. Okay, question around there. So yeah. what should the leader do? Is this a situation where you, you have agreed you're going to be flexible, but you see you have 90 other members who are just watching from a side. Uh, assume it's this one member who is left-handed for the purposes you're having. <laughs> and you're saying, it's okay. We Here we, we, we prefer right, but for you will be left. And the 90 others feel sort of favoritism you know this leader favors this one allows them to 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 deliver their way not the way the rest of us deliver what's the line so that other members don't feel you're favoring but it's just as a leader this one delivers differently and i'm allowing him or her deliver their way that's true um it is not usually a very easy thing um, especially in a large environment, a large organization, and that's why I said we are not talking policy, we are not talking about 
specific processes that would interfere with the overall operation of the organization. So we will not bend policy for one person because that brings confusion in the system. But the how you deliver may vary from person to person. Yeah. So uh, when we were talking about transformational leadership, uh, and we talked about the four eyes, one of the eyes is what we call individualized consideration. Now, individualized consideration is means that you as a leader, you know each of your members, their strengths, their weaknesses, their gifts, their skills, their abilities. So, I am allowing Grace to do this because that is her area of strength, of her gift, of her ability, and therefore she can deliver that way. The other person, I will sit with them, I find their strength and gifts and abilities are in a different area. And so I also treat them in the same way and allow them the latitude that will help them to deliver in their own way. But we are all team members who are fitting and dovetailing into each other. But in terms of overall policy, it guides all of us the same way. I don't know whether I've answered your question. You have. I, I think when you brought in the individualized consideration, yes. it brings it home. Yes, that's it. <laughs> it that's home. it. Because you, you have to know your team members, their strengths, abilities, their gifts, and allow them, therefore, the latitude to utilize those gifts in the way that they know best but that contributes to the overall whole. Yes. Okay. Yes. Stopped at the point of acceptance? Yes. Yes. And and that's where the left hand <laughs> came in. Yes. It's, it's interesting, yeah, because um, why why do you want to force the child to, uh, to, to, to do things with the right hand when they are left-handed? Um, that's a natural event. Uh, they did not choose, and they are not lazy. Uh, they uh, they just were born that way. Yes. And so you see how to utilize. And as I said, there are many great people who are left-handed, and they are doing great things out there in the world. Yes. The only thing that uh, I, I would train the child is not, which you are trained when you are young, that you don't give self people with the left you you serve people with the right so whether uh, you're left-handed or right-handed you you do that because it's a sign of respect yes yeah for the other party uh before they discover that you're left-handed they'll be wondering why are you giving me things with the left yes, <laughs> you know? yes. Uh, and that is that doesn't require special skill it, it's just remembering that i need to uh, show respect by greeting people with you know you don't greet people with their left no 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 no, no. just because you're left-handed Apana. yeah mm. so those those are things that child a child can be trained in but otherwise allow them to, to operate in that which is comfortable for them and that's what we are saying now when you bring it to uh, a team leadership situation there are things that you'll discover that a person does better in this way and so you can allow them to do it slightly different from how everybody else does okay. and if need be explain to the team members or just mention it within the team setting that yes. uh, 
So I, I realized so-and-so is more comfortable doing this, this, and that, and therefore I don't see any reason why we can't allow her to do that or him to do that. And then so it is clear, it is clear in everybody's mind yes. that that's what you are doing, uh, giving them that special consideration just because of who they are. Yeah. Okay. It is not favoritism. Yeah. So, a, a question popped into my head while we are on break, taking you back to point two, where you said a leader should show concern by treating members with dignity and respect. Um, I, I've heard, you, you know, different people say, what about, does the temperament of the leader affect how a leader um, treats the people? Because some would say me... I'm choleric. Cholerics will behave this way. I don't care about your emotions. I want work done. Others say, uh, this, this is a phlegmatic one. We'll just walk with you slowly, slowly, and then sure, everything is done. So my question is, does temperament affect how a leader would uh, treat their member when it comes to dignity and respect? Uh, yes, yes and no. Yes, in the sense that those are part of your these specials that we talked about. There are temperaments that you that you are born with. They are part of your personality. And there is usually very little, let me use the word little, that you can do about your personality, your temperament that you are born with. It's like being left-handed. There's little you can do about it. I say little because as parents have testified, they have forced their children to use the right, and they use the right. But there's power of the hand is actually on the left even though you have forced them to use the right so li there's little you can do about personalities temperaments and so on but no your temperament should not affect how you treat people and so uh, what we call self-awareness what we call emotional intelligence all these are supposed to help you know who you are, what kind of personality you have, what kind of temperaments you have. But that knowledge is not to affirm those things, but it is to know how then should I operate. If I'm a hot-tempered person, that is me. And there's a sense in which we can say, accept me the way I am. <laughs> I'm just a, a hot-tempered person. Mm. But it doesn't, that is your self-awareness. Uh, that is your self-appreciation of who you are. Now, how you relate with people should not be on the basis of your hot temper. Now you must know how to control and manage your temper as you associate and relate with people. Yes. So you can't go blasting everybody everywhere, making noise and shouting at people. Then now that's where we say you have lacked emotional intelligence. You have, you are not able to, because in, in emotional intelligence and in, in um, self-leadership, we talk about personal mastery. Yes. Personal mastery, it means you have mastered yourself. You have control. In the Bible, we talk about self-control. Yes. And I think Tim LaHaye had written a book called uh, Spirit-Controlled Spirit Temperament. Yes. So it shows you how you can operate within your personality, but manage that which you are or who you are 
in a way then that is beneficial rather than destructive. So yes, we can say that is who you are. There may be little you can do about it in terms of changing who you are. But there's a lot you can do in terms of managing and controlling your personality, your temperament, and all that in relationship with other people, how you handle other people. So if you are a leader, you cannot go shouting at everybody and then say, that's just me. Yeah, You accept me the way I am. If you don't like it, show the door. No. Oh, no. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> then, so then bad. Not, then you are not a leader. <laughs> no. Then you are not a leader. No. The leader says, this is who I am. How then do I control myself? How do I manage myself and my temper as I help my members to achieve and accomplish the task that we are supposed to? Then there now you are a good leader. Yes. So we cannot accept you saying, that's just who I am. No, that's, that's, that's giving up. That is carelessness. Uh, that is abusing other people. Mm. Yeah. Personal mastery. Personal mastery. Is what you need as a kiongos. Yes. Okay. <laughs> kiongos. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. True, true, true. Ah, we can proceed then. Yeah. So, um, in, still in the, in the same, we talked about being polite being considerate is which what we have just talked about. You are not arrogant. You are not rude uh, to people. Uh, even if you have, there are people who are brought up in very rude and abrasive environment. And at home, you know, people shout at each other. People use bad language against one another, and you pick it along the way, you know, and so you find. You come to a work environment, a team environment, and these things begin to slip through. You know, you call somebody names, you, and sometimes you don't even think about it. But now, when you are a leader, you have to think. You don't throw words at people just like that. Be polite, be considerate. Don't use abusive language. Don't use uh, uh, insultive language. Don't use crude language. Uh, with with your members, so that is part of being a caring, supportive leader. Treat the subordinates, your your workers, your team members, as individuals. Don't compare people. One of the things as parents and as as leaders we are fond of doing is comparison. Yeah. How comes you don't work like so and so? How comes you don't do things like so and so? Look what so and so has done. It's it's so easy. Yeah. It is so easy. But it is not the best way of leading people. Because people are different. They have different capacities. They have different uh, ways of doing things. So we could use the other person as uh, an example, not as a comparison. Ah. Uh. They, they are, those are two different things. True. It's, it's an example of what could be done and what is possible, especially when a person is saying, this is impossible. This cannot be done. You say, no, actually, it can be done. So and so did it. This is how they did it. So you too can do it. But let's see 
what would you need to be able to do it? Uh, but do it in your own way and in your own pace. Yeah. So it is not a comparison, but it's a reference. And, and many times we do not um, differentiate between the two. Like, for example, we, we talk about don't compete with others in life. Oh, so and so has bought a car, I also buy a car. So and so build a house, I also build a house. So, so married, I also get married. You know, those kind. That's competition. Yes. But you could use those as inspiration. If so and so can do it, I also can. can. Because you are thinking this thing is impossible. I remember how we bought our first car, imported our first car, was through the inspiration of another person. That which sounded so impossible, when they told us how they went about it, we thought, ah, mm. even us, we can do that. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. But we were not competing with them. We are not buying because they have bought. But we have learned that actually the path they followed to get there is a path we too can follow and get there. Yes. So we, we gain inspiration. We learn from the other person, but we are not competing with the other party. That's That's what... Now, if you put it from the leadership perspective, is that you can inspire, use the other good example to inspire the other people, but not compare uh, the two people. Say, how can you can't do this? And so and so has done this. Uh, look at what so and so is doing. You are just sitting here from where, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> that, that becomes discouraging yes. rather than inspiring. Okay. Yes. So, you treat your people as 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 individual. Uh, the other point about supportive leadership, which I need to learn myself, is the importance of knowing people at a personal level and getting to know their personal, uh, not personal details, but uh, what is important about them. Mm. or what is important to them so that when you are talking with an individual at least it's good to know uh, that they are married and who are they married to it's good to know uh, if if you have gone that far their children and their names I know there are people who are much better in that and that's why I'm saying I need to learn that myself because I'm not good in names and I'm not good in remembering people uh, details, you know. But I work at it. Yeah. I work at it so that I can remember, you know. Uh, this the husband. Oh, he got promoted the other day, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. It really makes people feel appreciated, uh, feel uh, cared for, valued. You lost your relative last month. Of course, we came, we prayed, we contributed, and it is finished. It is now a month down the road. Very few of us remember to say anything. But imagine if you just come and say, Grace, uh, how, how are things? How yeah. are you coping or adjusting to the situation? This one month later, two months down the road, they feel like, oh, you remember, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> true, true. Because people have finished and moved on. Yes. 
and, and we assume that people have moved on. Those kinds of things really help uh, individuals to feel they are valued, they are, they, they are appreciated. Somebody knows about me. Yes. And it may just be, I remember one time I asked somebody that kind of a question. It was, would I say, I happen to remember and I asked in almost a casual way. way. You know, the way you ask, how are you? Yes. It's, it's not so deep. But this is now a situation where they had lost a loved one and I was just asking, so how are you coping with this? What, uh, where are you at? And they began to cry. Mm. Because apparently the, at the stage where they were, this thing had now just begun to sink. sink. Yeah. The time when we were with them, it was an event. Mm. They were planning the funeral, they are organizing things. So it was a project. Mm. But now everything has settled. It is now a reality. And that's when now this thing is really sinking. They don't know how to cope and so on and so forth. And, and, and they began to tell me what they were going through. I didn't realize I'd opened a whole thing. But when we were finally done, this person said, thank you for asking. Yeah. And thank you for praying for me. It's It's amazing. Those are things that we don't normally do as leaders. Go, bury your person, come back, let's work, continue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that's how we, we operate. So yeah. this supportive leadership goes beyond that. Yeah. Goes beyond, uh, you took time off uh, last week to take your daughter to hospital. How is she now? It, it makes a whole lot of difference, yeah. you know, uh, mm. to, to, to the individual. Uh, that is supportive leadership. Be patient and helpful when you are giving instructions. We tend as leaders to just throw things. I want this done by next week. And you let them go. And sometimes you don't give necessary information and details that would help this person to do a better job. Yeah. So when it is brought back, you say, is this what you can do? <laughs> now, two weeks have gone. I have done my best, yeah. but my best is not good enough. And it is not good enough because there are details you didn't tell me. Yes. There are expectations you didn't give. And so I did my best with less information. If you had given me adequate information, perhaps I could have done a better job. Yes. So give as much information as is possible. Be helpful. Uh, give direction where you can. Uh, because the ultimate objective is that we want to accomplish the task. We want to accomplish the task, not yes. they. Mm -mm. It is we, we as a team, we want yes. to accomplish. So I want to facilitate you in order to do the best that you can to accomplish uh, this task. Okay. Yes. Hi. That's an interesting one. Be patient. <laughs> Be patient. And Be patient. Mm. You know, it's just last week when somebody was telling me it's 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 tough to 
it's tough to to <laughs> to lead grown-ups <laughs> because they take instructions slowly like children <laughs> but so, here our leaders so are being the better one? <laughs> <The> teenager <laughs> no teenagers i believe are worse maybe <laughs> <laughs> the the key thing is be patient and give all the information i wouldn't say all mm. uh but i say give adequate information mm. why why don't i why do i say not all there are other leaders uh who are on the opposite end tell me they will tell you everything that needs to be done so you're wondering so why am i going to do it so why don't you just do it they prescribe they prescribe <laughs> yes. that's the word yes so you have been left with no room i don't know whether you have sat um, I, I i sat in a in a board many years ago where the the the, the chairman which was not me i was a member yes would dictate to the secretary how a minute should read hey, hey, so hey. after every decision we have made then he turns to the secretary so now write it this way <laughs> uh, oh. it was resolved that so we have to sp- and of course they are constructing this sentence or paragraph in their minds as we go along yes. so uh, no 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 don't don't know that way uh it was resolved that uh, um yeah no 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 so can you read for us what you have written oh my and we spent so much time the chairman dictating to the secretary how to write the minutes yes. and not only that to read them back oh. then you say yes now that's good that's so nice. let's go to our next item they were ending past midnight i'm sure those <laughs> meetings <laughs> so i i think there there's a balance in there yes give adequate information that this person needs to be in order for them to accomplish the task that is at hand but don't be prescriptive yes where you kill creativity and innovation so you must allow people to also explore what are the best ways of of dealing with this situation because yes. it, uh, in that way they they will come up with ideas that you never thought about and whether you never even thought were possible but because of their creativity they they bring up this so give adequate information yes as you are patient with them yes we could pray then we could pick up some of these questions <laughs> in our next session true <laughs> okay true yes you could pray thank you lord for giving us opportunity this afternoon to just be here together to discuss matters to do with leadership we want to pray that the lessons that we have learned we could use them somewhere pray for our listeners who find themselves in challenging environments that lord you'd help them uh, to do that which they need to do so that that environment in which they have been planted can be a conducive place where they can grow and they may develop themselves as leaders. This is our prayer this afternoon as we face the rest of the week. We pray that you'll be with us for we pray in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you for tuning into the Leadership Forum. The Leadership Forum, discussing leaders and followers.